people are using it to identify themselves, right? It becomes this form of identity um, on Twitter, on, on the metaverse, where this is me, this is my ape. And so that is a whole different element that you actually could say you can't do with a painting. I can't go around and take my painting around and flash it to people, right? Um, the way I could potentially with this profile pic. Hi, I'm Jeremy Goldman, and this is Future Proof. Sachi Art is the world's largest online art gallery. The platform has over 100,000 artists from 100 countries and sells over $50 million per year in art. And recently, they announced they are moving into the world of NFTs, so I wanted to speak to the person responsible for leading some of those efforts, uh, Wayne Cheng. He is the general manager of Sachi Art, and I'm really excited to dive right into this. So, uh, Wayne, welcome to Future Proof. Thank you, Jeremy. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So I, I, I you know, often read a little bit about people's background, but uh, I, I know you've been with the company, or I, I believe, I guess, about six years or so. I mean, who are you and what do you do on a day-to-day basis? How do you define yourself? Yeah, so I started um, at Saatchi Art working in product management. So uh, I had the, the great opportunity of overseeing the digital products, the website app. I do have a tech background, and, and that's where I came up through. Is, uh, is working in product, right? And uh, focusing on user experience and, 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 that, and that sort. And that was always something very interesting to me. So I'd been in tech for quite some time, uh, but at Saatchi Arts, I'd been uh, working on product, overseeing the product experience for about six years before moving into general management roles. So I oversee all of Saatchi Art now, which encompasses quite a bit. So we have the core marketplace that is the uh, true open art marketplace uh, where you could sell uh, and purchase uh, original art from around the world from different uh, emerging artists. And uh, and then we also have the other art fair, which is a live IRL art fair around the world. And then we also have this, uh, of course, NFT project that uh, that you just mentioned. And so we have a lot of different components to the business. And uh, and I just, at the moment, oversee all of that. NFTs, of course, is that that's my primary uh, interest at the moment. So uh, that that's the new hot, fun hobby, um, you could say. But yeah, a little more about myself uh, besides tech. I also should mention I, I'm an artist as well. And uh, I was actually doing quite a bit of works um, leading up to even before Saatchi Art. So I love doing product management and I love painting. So it became like this perfect role, best of both worlds. So I get to work, you know, in an industry that I care passionately about. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm actually going to ask you about that a little bit later. Um, I I figured we can kind of, you know, there are a lot of people who are more sophisticated techies who listen to the show, but I figure it's always nice to kind of just level set and to say, like, for those of our listeners who are somewhat unfamiliar, what is an NFT and and also how does it relate to your work at Sashi Art specifically? Um, Sure. So NFT, for those who may not know, it's a non-fungible token is really what it stands for. And so the concept is it, it basically is unique, right? Unlike, you know, a dollar bill versus dollar bill, a painting or a home or car, those are basically very unique items. And so with NFTs, it's it's a digital asset that is, you know, you can verify that this digital asset is unique. I own this digital asset. Um, so there's a lot of elements that come into play with NFTs. Effectively, this unique token or block of data that lives on the blockchain, I can certify that I am the owner of this digital asset. And it could be a music file, video file, art, even a meme or a tweet, right? 
and um, and I can verify that I'm the owner and that all is verified and certified on the blockchain. And so with that comes with really fun sort of concepts that it can support ownership, scarcity, provenance. And so that in a very high level in a nutshell is is what NFTs are. And with Sachi Art, we specialize in uh, original art. We support our artists. That is our first and foremost mission and elevating our artists and, and their careers. So with with our marketplace, uh, artists sell their physical works. Um, it's a true open marketplace, right? And they're able to sell their physical paintings or sculptures. Now with NFTs, that sort of, uh, obviously we've heard all, you know, all the buzz that really picked up last year. It's been around for years, but last year was really when things started to take off. Oh, exploded, yeah. Yeah, it, it's insane. And so the, the fine arts uh, segment or vertical with NFTs is really taking shape. And it excited us because of the possibilities and what was behind it. So what we decided to do was create our own collection drop that was well aligned with our brand and in supporting all of our artists. Um, We took a slightly different approach. By the way, I hope you don't mind me diving right into the collection drop. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm glad we're bouncing around because I want to ask you about that a little bit later on, but please, yeah. Yeah. Um, So we launched our drop uh, in the beginning of this year. And um, as you know, with collection drops like Board Ape Yacht Club and, and CryptoPunks, they're more generative, right? So they get created on, uh, programmatically out of, out of software. But for us, that wasn't really something that we do. We can, but it wasn't our, it, it didn't seem well aligned with our brand. So we wanted to do something that showcased our artists, our really wide array and diverse set of um, styles and backgrounds from, you know, that, that, are, that is our artist community and have them basically create one of ones, all handmade, not generative, not out of a computer software. And they all made one of one avatars from scratch. And, uh, and we did about 2,500 and, and launched that uh, in January. And it was, it was a huge success. It was a, a very quick sellout. So yeah, I was gonna say, I think that that's one thing that is you know great, obviously, being able to uh, support the artist community because I think that a lot of people who I've spoken to in the art world are, and and I'm saying that these are like the old school people, not the early adopters, who are concerned that everything that they love about art is going to go away, you know, with the advent of the NFT. Yeah. And of course, that's not really the the case. And I think one of the things that people always appreciated about real art is the fact that you could actually interact with a you know artist, you could actually learn more about what inspired the art, you could feel kind of like you were supporting an, an artisan. So I feel like in a lot of ways, that's something that you're kind of reminding people, no, you're actually not losing everything from the old paradigm. Correct. That That is true. Um, it's funny. It, it reminds me of the old you know, fear that people had when the internet first started, not to date myself, but everyone was like, oh, print's dead. It's going to go away. Publishing is going to change completely. And it did to a degree, but but print's still here, right? So there's still, you know, formats and technologies that we that we stick to. And I think with art, I, I don't, you know, that affinity and that desire to see something, to have something tangible within your space, that's still, that's not going to go away. Um, NFTs, though, do provide other sort of mechanics that really, like royalty structure, right? You can actually, um, which is something that isn't necessarily supported in the arts, the art industry today, the traditional art. There are laws that would protect, that are supposed to protect artists to be able to collect commission on secondary sales, but it's hard to enforce and it, it haven't been very successful in that. That is not the case with NFTs. 
because of the built-in uh, mechanics and, and, and measures in place, it's actually possible for artists to collect royalties and secondary sales. And so they benefit, they stand to gain and benefit from that, which is remarkable, which I think is the right thing. And so for that reason, I, I think there's a lot of elements that make this very attractive. And like you said, a buyer buying directly from an artist on blockchain, they actually are supporting that artist directly. Uh, in many ways, the, the middleman is, is kind of removed. So I'm going to ask you a question that I know the answer to, but every now and then I feel like it's just good to hear it from somebody else. I, I, I you know, as somebody who married an art historian, I think that the idea of uh, provenance is, you know, it's incredibly important, but it's been kind of fraught in the history of art. I mean, what is the benefit of having, you know, art on the blockchain? And again, I feel stupid not saying I know the answer to this, but, you know, it's good to hear from the source. Yeah, I think there isn't, um, it's not a, a dumb question at all, or, or, you know, because there are ways to approach that. But I think the idea of provenance, right, the, with with art, you that tends to having a nice history and transaction history, you and seeing how the work changed hands, that sort of supports the value of that work as it grows and appreciates uh, over time. And I think having it on the blockchain, it's, it's a decentralized ledger, right? Um, and that basically makes it, and I, I say this often, it's like an accountant's dream. Um, you have a very reliable way to track um, how an asset changes hands. You know exactly who bought it from whom, at what time and date, and for how much. And so that that mechanism makes it very easy to sort to track that. And I think that actually helps to see how it changed hands over time. And it also tracks the pricing history and help sort of measure value uh, around that work. And it's interesting, obviously, because I think one of the examples that, uh, you know, comes up to me often is like looted art from uh, World War II. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that was, you know, like a major problem and still is in terms of, you know, being able to see like who owned what, when, and was it looted or, you know, was it actually sold at a, a certain point? And it's just interesting to me how in some ways, you know, you think about with the Ukrainian invasion right now, you can imagine a situation where, you know, an, a, a digital work of art where you can actually very clearly track uh, who sold what to whom and when would be very valuable as opposed to, you know, a, a lot of things that happen almost like in the thought of war. Right, right. No, that, that's exactly right. I mean, that source of truth uh, holds, right, even through um, unfortunate events like war and conflict. So, yeah, th there's there's inherent value because of that. One of the other things I was kind of curious about, uh, what are some of the uh, maybe uh, other unexpected benefits of having, you know, digital works of art? You know, uh, when I think about NFTs, one thing that I haven't actually heard of is honestly, like it, it, I say it half as a joke, but not really is uh, shipping costs. Yeah, no, that's that's a really um, good point. We and we know that all too well with our core marketplace and supporting uh, physical works in the shipments of that. And and we ship to and from over 100 countries. So we we know that that challenge all too well with NFTs that basically goes away, which is a huge benefit, right? So I think an artist are starting to notice that, especially, you know, for digital artists are seeing this opportunity that they didn't before, that they're able to now secure and capture value from the works they make. 
And it's it's no longer, okay, they're looking by the sidelines at physical artists, you know, benefit from this. But now they're able to, this this platform gives them that opportunity to to really flourish. And yeah, the 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 hurdles of and of the logistics that gets dropped significantly. How about I think that this is something that I, I think a lot about kind of Yes, NFTs are big in relation to where they were a few years ago, and especially even before last year. Mm -hmm. But then I think a little bit about the accessibility and the whole entire issue of uh, dealing with a, a crypto wallet and just people not necessarily knowing exactly what to do if they want to purchase an NFT. And I, I've heard people say that, like, oh, yeah, I might get into acquiring some NFTs, but I have to even research how to purchase them. And, you know, if you want to buy a, a banana, you don't have to research how to purchase a banana. So right. obviously, it seems to me like that would be one barrier for adoption is just, you know, making it a little bit more transparent about what the process is like. So has that been a, a can you speak to that at all? Yeah, definitely. So it's funny going back to your previous question. The having it on the blockchain, you know, you you there is this distributed network where people can, you know, the access is is widened right to a larger audience, and artists don't have to go through the logistical challenges of shipping to and from a, a very difficult location. So the benefits are there, but that hurdle in getting started is very real. That friction, um, that that learning curve. We, when we did our drop on both sides of it, I would say our artists, uh, again, supporting them in, in, a, in a big way, they, I would say over 90% of our artists were new to crypto. And so when we brought them in, not only at the end of it, were, are we able to say, you know, they're now actually on the blockchain, but they're now actually NFT sellers. And so we had to do a, a lot of handholding through the process, um, which we were happy to do, but it required a ton of webinars, one-on-ones. Um, how do you set up a wallet? And, um, you know, how do you get paid? How do you exchange that into USD and, and so forth? So that was uh, a lot of education that was required. On the other side, on the buyer side, we also, you know, we brought in a lot of art collectors who we, you know, purchased traditional art from our, our marketplace and they were in, they were interested as well, but they didn't know how to get started. So we had to do the same thing to educate them on how to purchase a wallet. Here's MetaMask. This is how it works and so forth. And, and this is what gas fees are. Uh, so that, that took, um, that, that took a, quite a bit of time. But once they're in, um, I think there was a lot of acceptance and adoption and, and excitement around it. But that hurdle is, is real. Yeah. And I think like with any of these things, it uh, it gets better over time. I, I remember in the early days of e-commerce and people were like, oh, my God, you, you mean you need to create an account and you need to put in your address? It's, yeah. I go to a store, I don't have to put in my address. And I think people might have been missing the point that you get used to these new behaviors and they also get simplified over time. Think about how often now you just uh, click one you know button and then you autofill and create a new account. It's right. no longer there's not as much friction anymore. Right. There is a lot of movement and I'm I'm comforted by, you know, some of the trends I'm seeing. Um, and there are players in the space really trying to simplify that, you know, Shopify and, and a few other vendors trying to make it really easy, uh, you know, to the extent that uh, I just need to punch in my credit card info and don't have to worry about, you know, what's a wallet, what, how much do I need to purchase and, and all that. So I think it's just a matter of time. 
No, absolutely. And I think that uh, especially as the education happens on the buyer side, absolutely. But then also in some ways, the education around the value of this to the artist as that continues to get out there. And as you know, you do a good job at educating artists about the value of this. I'm wondering how are NFTs going to be empowering more artists to make a living? Maybe you can talk more about that. Yeah, as I as I mentioned, um, I think the royalty structure, as that starts to solidify and become a little more standardized, because right now it's still somewhat fragmented. I think what Manifold is doing, um, they're trying to move more towards a a, a more standardized uh, registry a registry to support royalties across the major platforms, and I think that will help, and that'll continue right uh, as we move forward. The other pieces to this, I think there's also, as we mentioned, a lot of the technical hurdles as they start to lower, it's going to be easier for artists to participate um, over time. And so I think what we're seeing today is only a fraction of what the, the artists that, that the, the potential of the types of works that were, that we should see, because there's only the artworks that we see today are the artists that have put the time in patience and, and gone through the hurdles of understanding and, and how to enter. But there's still, I, I believe, a large creator market that has yet to break through the space. And I think as more, um, as a user experience, the tools that we have at our disposal today improve, that will only continue to to allow and open the doors for more creation. I think another thing that's interesting that I've heard a lot of talk about is that uh, maybe the ability of NFTs to improve overall artist uh, diversity. And, uh, you know, what's your take on that? I've heard that, but I also know the current stats, right? And we've heard, I've heard anywhere from like the low teens to, I don't even know if I've heard anything over 20% of uh, female representation, right? On the creator side. Um, that is very real, and it is a challenge that we recognize uh, very much. And we're proud to say that at least on our the drop that we did, the other avatars, we made sure that we were representing the artist community that we have at Tachi Art. So we actually are proud to say half of them were women creators. So that's amazing. And then on top of that, over 35 countries were represented in that drop. And I think that's something we're going to stick to in future drops and collections going forward with NFTs. Um, we're doing everything we can to really change that narrative, right? And, and address that head on. I think the fact that this space being as new as it is in this, these early stages and, the, and, and having these conversations early that people are calling it out gives me a lot of hope. Because um, we are starting to see projects like World of Women come forth and really uh, push that conversation forward. And I don't remember, you know, other industries or verticals where I see this, this conversation happening this early, right? Like fashion, tech, sports, like that's still, they're still struggling, right, to, to get there. And so um, it gives me hope that, that these topics are being discussed right now. The only thing I always try to punch holes in things, even if I agree with the person I'm speaking to, but I think that, I mean, from a technology barrier perspective, granted, those barriers will come down over time, but could there be some kind of issues there where you might have an artist that if, let's say, you know, NFTs become the de facto type of art that people are buying and selling, you know, like, are there some kind of technological or educational hurdles that might you know, take a while to, to get to everybody so that maybe in the short term, you know, you might actually have some groups that don't quite understand it because they don't have the education around it or they don't have access to the right tools. 
I think we've seen that in other spaces, right? In, in, in generally, of course, with Web 1 and Web 2, like we did see some of that. But I would say, though, over time, that tends to correct itself, um, I would hope. Uh, there is going to be a bit of disparity, especially in its early stages. There are those who have been in the space much longer and have an unfair advantage over other groups. But I think that, you know, my hope is that that would, that would resolve uh, over time. And then I want to ask you, and again, this is a, one of those things where it's like, I just got to ask it. I, there are a lot of people who uh, I, I kind of, they worry a little bit uh, about, you know, getting into anything new because they're like, ah, this could be a fad, you know? So how do we know definitively that digital art is not just a fad? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I've gotten that a lot. And there's still a lot of misinformation and cynicism around us, right? I bring up the topic of NFTs and my friends who are not in this space, I, it's usually met with eye rolls. And I don't dare make predictions about this because I think a lot of predictions around crypto blockchain have been wrong. Um, but I feel as though there may be, and I think a lot of the skepticism and cynicism might revolve around the big stories that you hear where you get, you know, um, uh, these projects where you have NFTs being sold for vast amounts of currency, right? They're hugely expensive. There is a bit of inflation that is present right now. But I also tend to believe that while that might correct, there may be a correction at a certain point. There is, I think, a great deal of value in the mechanics underneath blockchain and what NFTs have to offer because there is that that's not going to go away, whether it's royalty structure, the, the fact that I can prove um, and track provenance and scarcity and verify that I'm the owner of this unique digital asset. Those mechanics still are very valuable. And so it may take an, a different shape and evolve over time. And so I, I do feel like the fad aspect might speak more to what we're seeing with really these exorbitant you know, prices uh, of sales for very expensive NFTs. Um, that may change. But everything else, I think, is, is still very valid. Um, and I, I would feel that there may be a pivot. But yeah, I think there's still a lot of value in NFTs and, and blockchain. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, another last uh, or maybe second to last question that I have for you, uh, this is something that, again, I know that there are a lot of um, people who just buy physical art and then they just uh, store it somewhere in a temperature controlled warehouse. So they're not looking at it all the time. But I think one thing that people who are not early adopters are thinking about is, so you buy an NFT and then it's just a file somewhere. And when do you ever look at it? And right. uh, what do you say to naysayers like that? Naysayers that well, the digital assets just going to sit there, and so what? Like nobody's looking at the art, so does it really matter if nobody's looking at it all the time? And that's why I'm like, I, I people don't always look at physical art. They're often buying things, and they know in their head that they own it, and that makes them feel a certain way. And that's some uh, to some extent the value of art is the way that it makes the owner feel. And it's not all about just looking at it nonstop. But right, I mean, right. So. And I, I, I'm the same way, right? I mean, we buy physical. I, I do have stuff hanging on my walls and I love looking at them. It, it brings me joy, right? It's, it's an emotional purchase. And I think with NFTs, what we are seeing trends move in that direction. Interestingly, as things reopen, uh, even in our art fairs, we're starting to incorporate NFTs, um, you know, in IRL. They may take the shape of really elegant uh, frames, digital frames, where you, you can actually see your collection, you can connect your wallet, 
there is a market growing for that. So to your point, there is that desire that is um, sort of coming to to fruition uh, to degree. And so that I, I feel like will will play out over time, but people will want to see their NFTs in real life and they're, they're going to want that. I think that's, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, again, it, 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 I think one thing that people might be missing about this conversation, I'm wondering when you're speaking to people about it, you know, it's that physical art, nobody says it has to go away. It, it, it can just be digital art can just be one more type of art that you yeah. can collect. It doesn't mean that the old stuff necessarily is deprecated per se. Right. And I, I should also mention, you know, the there are different uh, the different drops that we're seeing, like especially with PFPs and what Board Ape was able to do, became truly their profile pick. And so beyond just being having it hang in your wall or having it sit on the shelf where you can sit there and appreciate it, people are using it to identify themselves. Right, it becomes this form of identity um, on Twitter, on on the metaverse, where this is me, this is my ape, and so. That is a whole different element that you actually could say you can't do with a painting. I can't go around and take my painting around and flash it to people, right? Um, the way I could potentially with this profile pic on the metaverse. And so it's also coming out interesting in other ways. I don't, I can't tell you how many conferences I've been to where I'm like, oh, you're an aper or you're a doodle. Like, I see the merch. I see, you know, they wear it loud and proud. And that, that sort of affinity and loyalty around a given collection, you don't see that with fine art. It, it's a slightly different model and, and thinking, which which is really, uh, really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a great point to end on. It, uh, it, it's really just the evolution of art. It doesn't mean that anything goes away. But, uh, you know, the, the new thing is not the old th- uh, thing, but it, it often has benefits that we couldn't necessarily have expected. So, um, Wayne, this was really fantastic. Uh, thanks for making the time. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it was great chatting about this. I love talking about NFTs and fine art. So thanks again, Jeremy. Thanks again to Wayne for making the time. I encourage you all to check out Sachi Art and see what they're up to because it is very interesting. And uh, they were admittedly, you know, on my radar for a while. So I'm glad that uh, we got a chance to have this conversation. If you like what you just heard and this is your first time here, be sure to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, the choice is yours. And if you're a longtime listener, please remember to rate and review Future Proof as that's the number one way we get the show in front of people just like you. Special thanks this week to our producers, Jason Stack and V. Cortuccio. Once again, I'm Jeremy Goldman, and you've been listening to Future Proof.